Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be going through Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 28. And these are great verses into seeing how the Christian life should be, right? Our lifestyle and how we should show Christ to others as well. And um, it's just interesting how Paul sets the foundation in chapters 1 through 3 all about what Christ did, what God has done for us, like this was all done by God. And then chapters 4 through 6, so the second half of the letter to Ephesians is about the Christian life and how they should compose themselves, and what they are to uh, show, right? <clears throat> because they are Christians, because of what Christ has done. And yeah, so let's go ahead and read chapter 4, verses 25 through 28. And it says this, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So, these are really short verses, but these are verses that we must see and recognize and and understand here we are seeing a criminal and not only that, we are also seeing that this criminal, there's a change in his lifestyle and instead of being a thief, he is transformed into giving, right? So instead of stealing, now he is giving to others. And this is a picture of repentance. This is a picture of uh, what the gospel does uh, to anybody that penetrates their hearts, right? So in, in verse 25, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So when he says, therefore, he said something before that. And what did Paul say? Well, in the verse right before tells us, tells the Ephesians to put on the new self. And this new self is created after the likeness of God. And this is what the new self looks like. It looks like true righteousness and holiness, right? In true righteousness and holiness is what the new self was created by, right? This is, this is 
uh, if you want to call it the material, this is what it is. Um, and we are to put that on because it's not our righteousness, but it's Christ's righteousness. And that's what we're putting on. And because of that, now that we are, we have been transformed, have been changed, and we're putting on Christ, therefore, Paul says, having put away falsehood. So whenever you're transformed, whenever you are changed and you put on the new self, you have already put away the falsehood in you. Or telling direct falsehoods, right? So, lying, which also includes like an exaggeration of a truth, right? Adding on uh, bits and pieces that actually did not happen into something that did happen, right? So, let's say you meet somebody famous, Let's say you that really did happen, but what didn't happen was you having lunch with that person. But you stretched the truth of meeting somebody, which tr- really happened, but then you start adding on to, well, yeah, we had a really good time and we actually went out to eat. Now you're stretching the truth because that didn't happen. Now you probably did meet him or her, but that didn't happen. So when you start stretching the truth, you're adding on to what is true. Now you're creating a falsehood. You're creating something false and you're lying. And now you're not showing the fruit of the spirit. So we must be reminded that we have already put away falsehood. That should not even be named among us. That should not even be part of us as Christians. Why? Because we already put that away. We've already put on the righteousness of Christ. Right, So we have already put on the new self. Cheating, that is something else, right? When you lie on your test, you're lying to the teacher that actually you did write those answers down, but you only wrote those answers down not because you knew it, but because you looked at the paper next to you. So you cheated and you lied. That's, that's a falsehood. Making foolish promises, right? So promises that you know for a fact that you might not be able to fulfill, right? Let's say there's a 50-50 chance about something that you promised somebody else. Well, you're also creating falsehood. Why? Because you're not founded upon this is for a fact what is going to happen. Instead, you're making a promise and these promises are bound to break, See, we're not to be that way in making foolish promises, um, excuses that are forms of lying, right? When you create an excuse, um, make sure that whatever you're saying is not a stretched truth because truth does not stretch. Truth is straightforward. So once you start adding on to a truth, again, going back to uh, fabricating uh, something and adding something to a truth, then then it's no longer that. You're, You're lying. Because not all of that is true, whatever that may be. Right? So when you make these false excuses that 
didn't happen, didn't, didn't exist, then you're lying. But that should be already put away. Because Paul here reminds us, therefore having put away falsehood. And then he says, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. So you have put away falsehood. You have put on righteousness. And because you've put on righteousness, now speak truth with your neighbor. Then it says, for we are members of one another. He's touching back on being part of this body, this unity in Christ, this body of Christ. And he's saying that we are members of one another. He's saying that we are to speak truth with our neighbor. Um, And we find that in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16. And this is what it says. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath. For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. So now the Lord is here in Zechariah chapter 8 is basically saying, actually, there's a kind of hate, there's a kind of anger that's not wrong or bad. But it has to be rooted in truth. That's the whole idea. When we are to speak the truth with our neighbor, because we are members of one another. And then in verse 26, he says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So here, we are getting another quote from the Old Testament. Right? Psalm 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts on your own, on your beds, and be silent. Selah. So, here we are told that anger is not the sin, but it's what you do with that anger. Um, it, it will depend on if you are, are now sinning, right? So, we have examples of Christ showing righteous indignation, right? We are shown that Christ actually was angry. Probably not all the time, but we see that there was a kind of anger in Christ that was rooted in truth. So be angry and do not sin. So here in the New Testament, we are shown that there's a standard by which we actually can be angry, but this anger could be good, this anger could be bad. So and it would depend on the motive behind this anger or the purpose behind this anger. Like, why are you getting angry? Why are you mad? Right? So let's talk about evil. Let's talk about sin. Should we be angry at evil? Should we be angry at sin? Especially our own sin, right? Yeah, I believe that we should see that and be angry But don't stay there. Resolve that by bringing it to the Lord, either in repentance, confession, right? And even confess to one another that we may be healed, it says in James, that we are to pray for one another, confessing our sins to one another. But there's a 
consequence in how we deal with our anger, right? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That means don't be angry forever. Because then, if you let the sun go down on your anger, now you've given it some time to the point where you haven't resolved it. And now, there's consequences behind that. Right? If the anger is elongated, if the anger lasts for a long time, it becomes hostile. And now we are against God's word. Why? Because God tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21, it says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far it depends on you, leave peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So, there is a right kind of anger, but you don't sin. And also, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because then you're going against what God has commanded us to do, and that is leave peaceably with all. Let me ask you, if you're angry and you let the sun go down in your anger, you're going to wake up still angry. And now you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, we shouldn't be that way. We should be reminded of God's truth and God's word. And if he tells us to love our enemies... If he tells us to feed them when they're hungry, if he tells us to give them something to drink when they're thirsty, then there's a reason why. So he goes on in verse 27 in Ephesians chapter 4, and give no opportunity to the devil. Right? James 4, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there's this kind of not giving opportunity to the devil within our anger by resisting the devil, by submitting to the Lord. Right? And then we go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. And then it says this, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So there's a step, right? First, it begins with a thief. There's a thief. So he's given a a picture. He's given us an analogy. And he's telling us, let the thief no longer steal. Okay? So the evildoer, His evil doing is stealing. Thievery, right? He is stealing. And then there's a transition, but rather let him labor. So now this lazy thief, instead of being lazy, he should no longer steal, right? But rather let him labor. Now he's doing work. And it says doing work honest work with his own hands so that is very important 
You have to understand that when a person repents from their sin, they're not repenting for other people's sin. You got to repent for your own sins. Come to God with open hands and just tell the Lord, God, I have sinned against you. Lord, forgive me. God, change me. And then there's a there's a shift, there's a change here, but rather let him labor doing honest work. So there's a heart change within this thief that he's doing honest work. Now he is plowing along and now he's doing work. He is creating sweat on his forehead. And it says with his own hands. So his hands, now you can see, yes, this man has repented and is repenting why because he is now doing honest work creating whatever means he's creating so that he may be able to help someone else so not only is he stealing for himself but there's a change to where he begins to work he's helping himself out now by his own hands and not only that he's also helping those around him and not only that he's helping those who are in need right let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor listen to what it says in galatians chapter 6 verse 10 so then we have an opportunity as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So there's a command to do these good things, to help others when there's an opportunity to help others. And it says doing honest work with his own hands. Listen to what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but to give you and ourselves an example to imitate. So there's a reason why we do these honest work. Right? It's to help others, not just for ourselves, right? It's not that we may uh, live long and, and have food on our plates and then it stops there. No, God actually has a command that we are to help others who are in need, right? So just imagine the church, the local church that you're in. If anyone there is in need, we are to come to them. In Second Thessalonians, it says, especially those who are of the household of God, especially those in the church. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 21, verse 26. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. Right? So if you are called among the righteous, then you are one to give. 
because it says, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. Right? So if we have the ability to help each other, the ability to uh, encourage one another uh, uh, in such a way that we are providing for their means, for their uh, advancement either in their life, um, something, bills, whatever the case may be, we as Christians are to be the ones to help those in the church who are in need. And we are to do it cheerfully, right? We are to give cheerfully. Right? The alternative to this stealing is to provide for oneself, for the family, and for others. Right? So a Christian not only should harm no one, but there's a there's a shift. You're you're putting that away. That's no longer you. You're putting that away and now what? You are to continually want to help those who are in need. I will read this and these are the words of Christ. This is what he says in Luke chapter 14. Listen to what it says in verses 12, 13, and 14. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. Listen to this. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So you see here, here's a picture that Christ has given us. So when Christ is telling us that we aren't to invite those who cannot invite or yeah who cannot invite us back because he says do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or neighbors lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid so there's a there's a contrast there's a uh, repayment if i invite you i am assuming that you're going to invite me back and I am being repaid my inviting you by you inviting me. But here, Christ flips it and then he says, But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Why is this? And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Okay, so what Christ is saying is, don't expect a payment from somebody who cannot pay you back. But trust in the Lord because he sees all. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. Don't expect repayment from them. But God will repay at the resurrection for the just. So he sees the heart and he sees your intentions when you do invite somebody who actually can't repay you back and that's a good thing so we are to care for one another 
and especially those who are in need in the Church of Christ. And I would say that's the challenge for you, that you are to trust in the Lord, that you are to um, believe God's Word and what He says. But not only that, also understand that your good deeds are for God's glory. That's something we should not ever forget. That all of this, the reason why God is transforming us and uh, bringing us back into the image of Christ is for His glory. So as Christians, I call you, God calls you to minister to one another, to help those who are in need. And I would say let that be a challenge that you may give right you may give in such a way that it is joyful you may give in such a way that you know that god is being glorified in your giving but again be reminded that you do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing or vice versa right when you pray to god uh don't be like the pharisees who prays uh in the corner streets so that everyone hears how uh, how many big words they can uh, formulate in their prayers to make them sound wise. But instead, pray in your homes where the door is closed and no one is there to listen. And bring before God all that you have, all your abilities. And God is, if God is given, has given you the means of money or means of work then work heartily as unto the lord and god will see that you will be blessed in that but not only that he will provide for you in such a way that you will be able to bless others as well but if not understand that we are all called to carry each other's burdens and help one another in the church and if you are unable to aid someone, let's say in money, well, you can probably aid them in cooking for them sometime or visiting them, talking with them and having maybe a lunch together with a brother or sister in Christ. Um, you will not be put to shame because I can say I myself have been blessed I know that there are times that, yes, I work, but I'm just stretching my money out to a certain point, and then I end up with nothing, and then the Lord just shows me how faithful He is in providing brothers and sisters in Christ, because then there was a time that someone just messaged me and asked me if I was willing to go to lunch with them, and they would pay. Now, on their part, they don't know that I was actually in need, per se. But the Lord used them to bring about my need in food. And I was repaid in food. I was given food, and I was blessed, and I thank God for that. But again, we are to be reminded of our calling. We are to be reminded of how we should conduct ourselves with one another. And we are... Uh, if we, we are angry, do not let this anger be uh, bitter anger because it can turn to bitter if we stay angry. But do not let the sun go down on your anger, it says. Uh, 
resolve the anger. Bring it to the Lord so that you may not become bitter. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,